Christmas in Space. In this week's podcast, we look back at how the holidays have been celebrated in orbit. I'm dreaming of a flight at Christmas, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Payload, rocketing around the Christmas tree. I need to work on my pun game. But back to the podcast. As always, we'll also update you on all the big stories of this week. We always love hearing from you, so please come and find us on social media. You can follow us at Space and Things 1 on Twitter, or get involved at Space and Things Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. But however you are celebrating the holidays, thanks for continuing to tune in, and we hope you enjoy episode 17 of the Space and Things Podcast. You're listening to the Space and Things Podcast with Emily Carney and Dave Giles. I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles, and welcome to episode 17 of our podcast, and a very Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, as we record this, this is the Tuesday before Christmas, but it goes out on Christmas Eve. Uh, so we hope you're enjoying the holiday season. How are you doing, Emily? I'm doing great. Uh, yep, yeah, it's it, it's all good. Uh, I have a short week here, so tomorrow's my last day of work before the holiday season, nice. so that'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully so. I'm looking forward to it. Have you, have you got a bit of a break? Have you got a nice break over over Christmas? Yeah, I got about four days off. And nice. uh, this sounds horrible. I'm really looking forward to like napping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to just taking a nap or something. That that sounds terrible. But all I really want this year is just a long nap. So, yeah. <laughs> all I want for Christmas is a nap. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that yeah. would. That would be hit. That would hit the top of the charts for sure if we recorded that. <laughs> uh, I think everyone would relate. <laughs> yeah, especially in 2021 with the news cycle. I don't know if people have been have been getting their naps. So yeah, just a free nap would be nice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so before we started this uh, this podcast, we briefly had a a little bit of fun uh, where we were trying to pronounce various words that were given to us <laughs> from our patrons uh, in order to decide who was going to get the Tim Peake book and. Um, Lauren uh, won the book because she asked us to say Konstantin Tiakovsky. <laughs> Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. Ah! Uh, and it was and it was a difficult one. <laughs> we both said it very differently. So uh, so, but we had we had a lot of fun with that. If you're on our Patreon page, I will put up the video of us going through all the different things. It's quite amusing. So uh, th- so that's over on patreon.com forward slash space and things. Uh, go and check that out. But congratulations, Lauren. Um, but yes. Congrats, Lauren. Probably should just get on with the show, shouldn't we? Yep. Let's get on. Let's do it. As we approach the holiday season, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and all the best for a Happy New Year. Okay, so it's uh, it's not been quite as crazy this week, but there's still some points of interest. Uh, Astra, the company launching from Alaska, who um, who we mentioned earlier in, in an earlier podcast, nearly put a rocket in orbit. Um, it got high enough, but not quite fast enough. So it looks like they're nearly there. And um, we also had a lot uh, launches from the India Space Research Organization, Ariane Space in Russia, which uh, was actually delivering some satellites for the UK, uh, a UK company called OneWeb, um, SpaceX, and the China Aerospace Science and Technology Corporation. Uh, as I said last week, I'll be putting all the details of those launches in our show notes. Um, so if you'd like to watch those launches or find out more about their payloads, um, all the information is right there for you. And uh, of that list, I do think it's worth pointing out that it was the 26th launch for SpaceX this calendar year. It's also their final launch of the year. And 
on a side note from that, there have only well, there have been 31 major launches from the Space Coast in Florida, and 25 of them were SpaceX launches. So they've really dominated the launch calendar this year. Oh yeah, they've gotten about two. I mean, if you break it break it down in terms of numbers, that's about roughly two and a half launches a month. That's pretty impressive. Yes, it's really incredible stuff. What they're once doing, every so. two weeks. Yeah, exactly. That's how much they said shuttle was going to go. I believe the record uh, for launches from the Space Coast is 33, and which was 1966. So they nearly got there. Well, collectively, the the different the different companies nearly got there. I, I think now it's going to get smashed in a couple of year, in the next couple of years. There's so many companies now doing things that I, th- I think we're going to be there soon. Oh yeah, that's incredible. Uh, in other news, the. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'm so sorry. In other, oh, and, we God, had a, gonna... and we had a little warm up before today's episode we to did. get our tongues going. I'm never working for the BBC. <laughs> Either am I. In other news, the Changi uh, mission successfully landed a capsule which contained a sample of lunar materials in Mongolia last Wednesday. Uh, we've covered quite a lot in the podcast already about this, but it really is a wonderful achievement, and it's the first time we've had new moon samples. In 44 years, and China are now the third company behind um, the uh, Soviet Union and the United States to have uh, succeeded in doing this. Uh, and uh, if you've been looking up this past week, you may have noticed that Saturn and Jupiter were getting very close in the sky, which culminated in the Great Conjunction on December the 21st. It's the first time they've been this close in the night sky for about 800 years. So, of course... It was cloudy in London that night, and uh, but it wouldn't be 2020 without that happening. Um, but they were pretty close on Sunday night as well, and I did get to see that. It was quite impressive. Um, did did you have a view of this in in, uh, in down in Florida? We did. I'm embarrassed to say I missed it because, from what I uh, understand, it was quite brief, and we're kind of not positioned in the same. We're not positioned in a really good area. Uh, you guys have a better view than we do. I think right. Europe got a better view than we did this uh, time. Okay. So, unfortunately, I was not able to see it, but I did see it vicariously through my friends and, you know, everybody overseas who got to image it and people who got to image it in other parts of the United States. So Yeah, there were some great photos go up of that this week. Finally, Lockheed Martin has purchased a Aerojet Rocketdyne for $4.4 billion. Um, this move, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it. Okay. This move is um, basically because um, Aerojet Rocketdyne um, has a rocket engines. They specialize in well, they specialize in a lot of things, but they mainly work in uh, spacecraft propulsion and rocket engines. Um, right. And they work with a variety of contractors. I, I believe they work with ULA and they work with um, you know NASA and Lockheed, and they so they work with a bunch of people. NASA's not a contractor; they're an agency, but. They work with a bunch of contractors, and um, it's been speculated, and I think this uh, move was basically to make Lockheed um, more competitive with SpaceX. Right. And and Blue Origin, because if you'll notice, SpaceX and Blue Origin does everything in-house. They don't um, contract anything out. Um, all their equipment is their equipment and stuff, whereas a lot of other companies tend to contract uh, services out. We talked about this last week. I don't want to create like a rivalry between SpaceX and other contractors. Yeah. Because every contractor sort of offers a little bit, something a little different. Like, yeah. Um, Lockheed has a lot of different things under it. Um, Northrop Grumman, 
I think acquired Orbital ATK a few years ago, and Orbital ATK works a lot. Um, worked a lot with like propulsion and things like that. Um, so they acquired that. Like a lot of these companies kind of specialize in slightly different areas. So they're I don't want to make it super competitive, but I don't think anybody expected SpaceX to be as successful and to be as prolific as they have been. Right. You know, like I really think that was a big motivator in them uh, absorbing or buying um, Aerojet. So yeah, that's something to think about. I, I think a lot of these um, contractors are like, okay, we need to Up sort game. of, yeah, I mean, we need to be more prolific and stuff, but I don't think anybody expected these companies that do everything in house to be this good. Yeah. So I really think this is sort of an effort. Okay, we got to stay competitive with these guys. Although this is a different kind of competitiveness than what we talked about last week. This is business competitiveness, which is almost essential within an industry uh, when you're trying to achieve things. And and it's only going to help push everyone further forward if all the different companies are uh, trying to be as effective yeah. as possible uh, with with what they're doing. And, uh, and we've already seen that the company's are at least publicly patting each other on the back when people are achieving different things. So uh, I don't exactly, I, yeah. I, I don't see this as as uh, as being different for uh, being the same as what we talked about last week. I think it's more financial competitiveness. Competitiveness. I can't say any words today. Damn that <laughs> the warm up messed me up for the rest of the day. Um, anyway, I, I think it's not as much because i know some people will try to spin it as oh they're trying to compete with spacex and we're better you know they're going to try to make it a rivalry thing i don't think it's that as much as financial yeah you know as much okay they, they're doing a lot right now and they can do it in-house so we need to kind of step up our game yeah you know exactly um so yeah that's that that's the news this week as i said earlier everything will be in the show notes so if there's anything you want to learn a little bit more about just go and have a look and i'll share some articles and some videos for you So it's Christmas time, and we thought we'd discuss some stories of Christmas in space. And it all started 52 years ago with Apollo 8. Now, I'm sure most people listening know what Apollo 8 was. It was the mission, the first mission that took humans away from the Earth and towards another celestial body. And I really like the fact that this happened at Christmas time. I think it adds a whole other element. There's so much great stuff about this uh, about this mission anyway. It's one of my favourite missions. Uh, great crew, uh, the boldness of it, the fact it was the first launch of the Saturn V with people on it. There's so many, so many things about it. But the fact it was at Christmas and that broadcast they did on Christmas Eve, uh, I mean, it's still the, the most watched TV show ever or, or one of the top ones, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, that was very moving. Uh, probably one of the most uh, moving and emotional <laughs> things that uh, I, I, I was not alive back then, so I, I, I wish I could have seen that happen live, but uh, I... I I have enjoyed it on YouTube a lot of times. Yeah. Um, at the time, I wouldn't say it was controversial, but not everybody was happy about it because, mm. of course, they read from the book of Genesis. And um, some people, they interpreted as, they terp- interpreted, interpreted, ah, God! <laughs> sorry, I ruined Christmas. Um, they interpreted <laughs> it as uh, religious. 
which I really, I don't know. I just thought it was very moving because they were reciting that and you're looking at the moon for the first time from humans. I was just like, this is incredible. You know, and just juxtaposed with, you know, the images from that mission of like Earthrise and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, just what a special time. So, yeah. I wish I'd been around to see that one. Yeah, me too. It To me, I always see it as almost a p- piece of performance art, uh, wh- whether you're religious or not, or, or Christian or not. Um, just those images with those words really works. Uh, it doesn't have to be something that you believe to be factually true to uh, to appreciate how how the two connect really well yeah. um, and you know even the most uh, stoic of men in mission control ended up getting yeah. quite emotional listening to it so i think i think it did really work and it's almost quite romantic as well um who knew that these three guys could be so romantic yeah i agree i think it was kind of yeah it was very i i, I think it did have a, a sort of a feeling of romance about it and also uh uh, 1968 was a terrible year in the United yeah. States. I mean, it was just, it was bad. Um, I, I would say it was, it was nearly on the same level as 2020. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty rough. And um, I think it was kind of a time where a lot of people didn't feel like they had a lot to be, you know, grateful for, I guess, you know, and even though it was Christmas and, you know, that's typically a really sentimental holiday. You know, I think at the time, a lot of people were just like, There'd been so much that had happened this year. People were overwhelmed, you know, and they just didn't feel like it, you know, sort of like, sort of like this year, you know, a lot of people I've seen on social media are like, I just don't feel like doing this, you know? Yeah. uh, I've seen a lot of posts like that too. Um, But moving on, it actually wasn't that long in the grand scheme of things uh, before the next Christmas happened in space. And of course, it it wouldn't be this podcast if we didn't mention Skylab. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, of, of course, the final Skylab mission, Skylab Four, uh, got to spend the whole of Christmas and on the holiday season um, in orbit. And of course, what was nice about that was in Skylab there was a load of space, so they were able to spruce the place up a little bit and add a little bit of festivity uh, to to their uh, spacecraft and the, and the orbital workshop. Um, but there's been a wonderful piece of art which has appeared on the Space Hipsters website um, group this week. Uh, have you seen that where they've put Christmas lights on Skylab? Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, if as if they'd you know taken an EVA and gone outside and hung up some Christmas lights, <laughs> yeah. that would have been awesome um yeah skylab 4 actually had a fairly festive uh christmas um they had a tree uh that was made of food cans yeah <laughs> that, they, that they made <laughs> the tree was topped with um I, I think they made like a cutout of kohutek the comet because they were gonna observe it that day which was really cool i think is really special they also had uh, stockings. They were socks, but they had stockings with their initials on it <laughs> and stuff like that. And um, they actually got to, uh, they did a, I want to say like a Christmas message that day and actually, you know, sent messages home to their, you know, their families and stuff. And I think it was really sweet and, and special and it gets forgotten sort of in the, you know, in space history. But uh, I love the tree that they have. I need to put it up on my Facebook or we need to put up a picture of it, maybe because, uh, yeah, it's very inventive. <laughs> the food can tree with the the Kohutek on top. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, I think we'll use that as the thumbnail for the show. 
so yeah. <laughs> if you've seen the yeah. thumbnail for the show, it's the Christmas the, tree from Skylab with the Christmas comet too. <laughs> yeah, with with the Christmas comet, not one of the not one of Santa's reindeers. Um, they also uh, got um some presents up there. That they had some family gifts which were was was snuck on board. Uh, I think that was a bit of a surprise for them, which is nice. But they also did an EVA on Christmas Day. That's a nice little rhyme there. To observe the uh, to the Christmas comet, yeah, that during that period from uh, December twenty fifth through twenty eighth, twenty ninth, they did a lot of work observing Kohutek. Um, on the day that uh, they were have been accused of committing a mutiny, that actually didn't happen. I think the day has been uh, tossed around on the internet as December twenty ninth. I I think that's a day, from my recollection. On the day that they supposedly had a mutiny, which they didn't, they actually talked to a Lubush uh, Kohutek on the ground, the, the guy who discovered the comet. Yeah, they got him so, to mission control, right? Yeah, he was a mission control, and he was actually talking to, you know, Ed and all them um, to discuss their um, observations, because I, I, I do think they imaged it, but they also took um, some sketches of it. Like, like there's, um, I have them somewhere in my notes, some... Uh, freehand sketches that Ed did. Right. Uh, Ed Gibson, Doctor Ed Gibson, did of the uh, of the comet. So uh, yeah, they did. Uh, they got a. They definitely got a better view of the comet than people did on Earth. Yeah. Because um, at the time it was kind of like, I hate to say it, it was sort of overhyped on Earth. Like, yeah, it's the comet of the decade, you know, and stuff like that. And I don't think a lot of people really got a good view. Of it, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, but Skylab did. So that. It kind of makes up for it. It was kind of like the conjunction here because everybody was like, yeah, the conjunction. I'm like, we saw it for like two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't or not at all. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Oh, well, I looked at the pictures are pretty. So yeah, absolutely. Roger. So, uh, yeah, moving on. It was actually then quite a while before uh, we had uh, the holiday season in space. And now, when uh, when the space station Mir was up and about, there was a few different Christmases in space. Um, but it's all a little bit confusing because uh, Russian Orthodox Church celebrate Christmas according to the Julian calendar rather than the Gregorian calendar, uh, which means that uh, they often celebrate it on the 6th, the 7th, or 19th of January. Um I am no religious expert, but that's what I am led to believe. Uh, and so, therefore, there were a few different um, times when the holiday season did happen on Mir. And one of which was uh, in 1997, when there was an American on board. And, and, and that's why we say that Christmas was celebrated on Mir in 1997, uh, when David Worf was on board, along with Anatoly Sol- Solyov. Solyov, I think. Uh, yep. And uh, Pavel Vinogradov. Pavel Vinod, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, oh my god, oh my god. Anyway, that that was a thing, and uh, they actually received a bunch of goodies for Christmas Day on Christmas Eve from uh, Progress M thirty seven supply ship, uh, which is quite nice. And there's some some photos of the three of them uh, having Christmas on Mir. Two years after that, Christmas on Mir in nineteen ninety nine, before the ISS was up uh, and operational, uh, we had STS one hundred three. 
which was Christmas 99, which was uh, uh, servicing the Hubble Space Telescope um, on the Space Shuttle Discovery. And uh, that was commanded by Curtis Brown, also had Scott Kelly and uh, John Grunself, Jean-Francis Clavoy, uh, Michael Fole, uh, Steen Smith, or Stephen Smith, and Claude Nicolet. <clears throat> Nicolet. <clears throat> Nicolier. Nicolier. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, of course, Smith and Grunsfield performed the third and final EVA of that mission. There was three on Christmas Eve. So I like to call that the Christmas EVA. Oh, You're welcome yeah. for that. So I, I'm trying to put work on my pun game. That one, uh, I'm quite happy with that one. Quite happy with that one. Um, but also they released Hubble back from the from the from the shuttle on Christmas Day, so it's like like releasing a giant Christmas tree into the sky. Yeah, <laughs> like I quite like that image. Um, which brings us up to the International Space Station, where obviously there has been a Christmas every year, a holiday season every year uh, for the last twenty years since the year two thousand, right? Yes, it has been occupied uh, continuously since the year two thousand. Um, and the first uh, crew to spend Christmas aboard the ISS was Expedition 1. Uh, they arrived aboard the space station uh, from uh, Soyuz TM-31 uh, on November 2nd, 2000. Uh, and there were three astronauts uh, aboard that one. It's uh, William Shepard, American astronaut, uh, Sergei Krikalov, and also uh, Yuri uh, Jidzenko. So the, the latter two are uh, cosmonauts. So, um, yeah, and they were the first people to spend Christmas aboard. So, um, from what I understand, they took breaks on Christmas Eve and Christmas. Um, this was actually Krikalov's third Christmas in orbit, um, because as a, as a Soviet and, and a Russian, um, uh, he was the last Soviet, he, uh, spent, um, Christmas 1988 aboard the, uh, Mir space station. Right. And uh, 1991 also aboard uh, Mir. So that was the time where he made, um, I, I think I've discussed this on previous uh, episodes, but he spent like 10 months in space from 1991 to 1992. During that time, the Soviet Union collapsed. So he came to Earth with the wrong nationality patch on because he was no <laughs> longer Soviet. He was Russian. He used to be, he's not anymore, but he used to be the record holder for most time in space, like ever. Yeah. Something like over 900 days. Nuts. Nearly three years. Crazy. Yeah. And he was very young when he started going to space. He was like 30, I think, 29 wow. or 30. He was a young dude. So he spent a lot of time up there. From what I understood, uh, they, they took a break on Christmas Eve and didn't work much on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And they, uh, on the uh, ship's log, which uh, I don't know if they still keep it, but in the Navy, you have a ship's log. We used to have green books, and we kept logs in them. <laughs> so uh, on the ship's log, they saluted uh, the New Year with a uh, with a poem. And I don't know if you want me to read the whole poem. Oh yeah, go for it. Okay, and this I want to say this um info this is information I'm reading here is derived from a uh, blog by Andrew LePage. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, and Absolutely. It's, it's called Christmas 2000 in Space, basically. And um, mm -hmm. we sail on board Space Station Alpha. That was its call sign. Wow. Orbiting high above Earth, still in night, traveling our destined journey beyond realm of sea voyage or flight. Our first New Year's upon us, eight strikes on the bell, 
now as one, the globe spins on its motion, counting the last thousand years done. Fifteen midnights to this earthen orbit, a clockwork not of earthly pace, our day with different meaning now, in this a new age in place. We move with the speed in time, past that which human hands can tell, computers programmed like boxes, where only thoughts shadows dwell. Central post our ship's bridge board, screens dancing shapes in pale glow, we guide her course by electronic pulse, and figures no compass could show. Our panels set sail to the sun, with wake not ever seen but there, our gyros feel the silent tugs, whist whirls of ocean rare. On this ship's deck sits no helm now, rudder, sheet, and rig long since gone, but here still a pull-to-go places beyond lines where sky meets the dawn. Though star trackers mark Altair and Vega, same as mariners I'd long ago, we are still wayfinders of knowledge seeking new things that mankind shall know. We commend a cruise that will follow, merit of the good ship we sail, let sun shine strong on Alpha's wings, assemble, and bright star we long hail. That's really, wow, that's really moving. Yeah. That's really that's moving. That's fantastic. That's very, that's very awesome. Yeah, because I think their call sign was Alpha, and I think the ISS was originally supposed to be called Space Station Alpha. Alpha. I had no idea that. Yeah, well, it, it was called the... In the 80s, it was called, um, well, what became the ISS, um, it was called Space Station Freedom in the United States. Um, you could probably guess why it was called that. Um, yep. It was under the Reagan era. So, um, but Freedom, I believe, was, yeah, it was canceled and it's uh, it turned into the International Space Station Program. Um, but obviously, there've been people on the, on there every Christmas now for twenty years, and uh, they normally do something. Then we have a photo up or something like that, and uh, th- there's been various decorations go up inside. There was a there was another Christmas EVA in uh, in 2013 um, by Mike Hopkins and Rick Mastruccio. I'm guessing I'm saying his surname incorrectly as well. Can you help me on that one? I think you're Rick right. Mast- Straccio. Mastraccio. I think you're correct. Mastra. Okay, good. Uh, but no, they did not put up uh, any direc- decorations on the outside of the ISS, <laughs> although I think that, that's that got to be something they try and do one year. Uh, Before they I leave. Know, I, like, I know EVAs it. are... Yeah, I know EVAs are, are, are dangerous and, and, and they shouldn't take me taking for granted, but just put a few fairy lights up on outside the ISS, will you? Come on. Yeah, spray paint the outside <laughs> a little bit. Just Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just get some of that fake snow and just spray it on one of the solar panels. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> That'd be fun. But but no, it, in 2013, it wasn't to do that. It was to replace a faulty pump, uh, which uh, was to help the cool equipment inside one of the space laboratories, um, which had, had been faulty. So, uh, and they did get that done. So, yeah, Christmas EVA. I think that should be an annual thing yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's asking for it, isn't it? A Christmas EVA. Yeah, like a tradition. Sorry, I, I'm going to reuse that pun again and again and again. I'm really proud of that. I do want to mention uh, uh, for us Jewish folks who may not celebrate Christmas but do celebrate Hanukkah, uh, there has been, as far as I know, uh, one Hanukkah in space. I'm sure uh, people on the ISS, uh, there have been several Jewish astronauts. I'm sure there have been people on the ISS observing it. But um, one incident I can think of where they've celebrated Hanukkah in space was on STS-61. 
which was the first Hubble uh, telescope uh, servicing mission in uh, 1993. That's the one where uh, Story Musgrave and uh, a bunch of them did those. I, I think they did five spacewalks or something nuts to uh, yeah, save the day. Basically saved <laughs> Hubble, you know, so we yeah. wouldn't be the butt of jokes anymore. But uh, during this flight, mission specialist uh, Jeff Hoffman uh, spun a dreidel in space. So, oh, very nice. Yes. So I did want to give a shout out to uh, uh, us Jewish folks uh, and who may be listening to the show that uh, that has also been celebrated in space as well. So, yep, yeah, I just wanted to mention that real quick. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, it's my it's my understanding that, that because uh, the Russians celebrate it in January, they do have essentially multiple celebrations for Christmas in space and I guess also for Hanukkah and other religious events as, as well so um, it's, it's weird though because obviously Christmas has become so secular as a holiday um, in many ways that, that it, it's, you sometimes forget that it does have a religious connotation absolutely in America, you you have this happy holidays thing, which we don't really use over here that much. We we just say happy Christmas to everyone, regardless. You know, it's a oh okay. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit naughty over here for that reason, uh, but but yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I say oh yeah, celebrating Christmas when actually oh. I try tried to I've tried to say holidays uh, where possible today, but I probably probably haven't done it that well. I was not offended, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully that's uh, it's given you a little bit of an idea of what life is like or, or the times when when uh, when the holidays have been celebrated uh, in orbit. Uh, but yeah, it's been, for 20 years now they've been doing it. I like it when the, there's a photo of Chris Had, Hadfield up playing guitar. Uh, it must have been so fun when he was on the International Space Station. That must have been a great time. Yeah. Or you hated it. <laughs> like, it's going to go one, one way or the other with that kind of thing, isn't it? I have... I. I seen some people criticize him you know for just and i'm like what he was having a good time he was doing his job just leave just leave him alone i think it's the same people who think you know apollo is better than everything else you know like oh well the iss sucks apollo is better than everything and i'm like dude (laughs) chris hadfield spent a ton of time in space like no this is not to take credit from what apollo did at all but i'm like just stop just stop just give the man yeah, his yeah, yeah. credit. So, yeah. But, yeah, I've seen people say stuff like, all he did was play guitar in space. And I'm like, you got... What? <laughs> like, he wasn't working up there? You know, like, what the heck? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, then. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In- interestingly, his book, An, uh, An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth, is amazing. It I'm is. not sure if you've like, read that. It's incredible. It's so inspiring. Yeah. I think everybody um, who goes into, like, a management or like a leadership sort of position needs to read that one because um yeah i think it's really good you know and it just um it kind of tells you what kind of person is an asset to a team and how to kind of work towards to becoming that Uh, absolutely absolutely very inspiring so yeah christmas in space but uh or the holidays in space sorry see i keep doing it i keep doing it emily it's okay doing it's okay uh, <laughs> I was not upset, but uh, yeah. If 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 you feel like we've, uh, if anyone listening feels like we've forgotten something, please uh, please let us know. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this with a with a, a sting from Apollo Eight. And from the crew of Apollo Eight, we close with good night, good luck, a merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on the good earth. That's all we've got time for this week, and we hope you're enjoying the holidays. Uh, we hope that this little look at Christmas in space has helped 
put you in the festive mood. And uh, But thanks for spending some time with us during the holidays as well. We appreciate that. Yes, no matter where you are, we hope you're staying safe, but also enjoying yourself. And uh, we'd like to thank you for the support as always. Yes. And uh, congrats to Lauren again for winning the Tim Peake book. Uh, we hope that uh, we'll have we, we hope that we'll have more things to give away to our patrons in 2021. So please make sure you go and sign up if you haven't already. I do love a giveaway. Um, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, happy holidays to you all. But please remember, in space, no one can hear you meet. Space and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions. <laughs> <laughs>